0: All right. Hello. I am Dan. And next to me, I have
1: Allie.
2: Hey, I'm Nick. I'm Bob. Billy. And Billy is joining us here today.
0: We are actually at his facility. We are at Tight Head Brewing in Mundelein, Illinois. Um, and Billy is the head brewer here. So he makes some awesome beers. And in case you didn't know, this is the Chicago Beer Geeks podcast. So welcome to episode number five, I believe. Already? Already five. Geez. Even with oh, just uh, once a month. Jazz hands, yeah. Once we get a year, then we gotta do something special. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we're here today at, uh, at Tighthead, drinking some awesome beers and uh, talking to Billy. So thanks for being our guest and thanks for being our host as well. Uh, yeah,
2: thanks for coming out today. Definitely.
0: Um, if you guys don't know where Mundelein is, um, Google it. That's all I got. <laughs> it's just easier to Google stuff. North
3: says. North Burbs. It's sure.
1: northwest <laughs> eat, of Chicago. North we can say that. Yes, that's it is. the general area. They, they get.
4: The I mean, you, while you may not know where it is, I'm sure you've seen or had the beers. They they get pretty good distribution yes. throughout the city. There. Uh,
1: oh, beer. Yes, drink.
0: They are distributed throughout the city. Is, just had some at Hopcat um, down Everywhere. in Chicago, new location down there, about uh, last month for my birthday. Are they brewing at that Hopcat too? No, they are not.
1: Happy birthday!
0: That was last month.
1: Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm officially
0: really old, um, as I was years ago too. So, Mondaline is actually my hometown. I grew up in Mondaline yeah. High School. Yeah. So, Mustangs, unfortunately, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Mustangs. <laughs> but yeah, so actually, to uh, kick things up, it's kind of a hidden location.
4: So. That, that um, was that was the one question. Yeah. So we did
0: get a question asked by us by uh, Scott Miller sent us a question at podcast at you A.K.A. AKA.
3: Scotty 2 hottie So
0: if you have any questions, <laughs> feel free to send us an email as well for next time. But ask us, you know, has the location hindered or helped or anything? I know it's right by the metro station as well. So that's got to be a benefit of some sort.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, this metro line is for commuters only. So yeah. it doesn't run on the weekends and the last train going towards the city is like 5:30 in the afternoon uh it would be nice we could get a lot of traffic coming you know from people coming out of the city if, if it did run more yeah but it does get us a little bit of exposure just for commuters that pass by um as far as the location there's I think there's a ton of other breweries that are in kind of the same yeah. same sort of situation they're t- tucked back away in a little industrial park or something yeah, definitely. so it's not uncommon for i think for a place like this to exist yeah but people definitely have a hard time finding it the first time they come out here yeah cool, i usually man. just tell people to go to the train station and turn around Exactly. Two hundred yeah. feet from the from the platform.
0: Yeah, 'cause definitely coming back here, you kind of you kind of get the weird vibe that you're like you're going into some weird, big, huge, open parking lot area that you're not sure what's going on.
4: I I was lucky. <laughs> My first time coming out here was for their uh, chocolate multiballs balls release, and I was like, where the hell am I going? I thought the GPS was off because I saw nothing that looked like a brewery. But yeah. I did see a few hundred cars going in the same direction. <laughs> so I was yeah, like, I must, I must be heading to the right spot. But I feel like any other day I would have been like, yeah. uh, you know, am I going to the right spot?
1: That wasn't too long ago, right? No. no, that no. Was,
4: well, that was how uh, this, we, we were just talking about that on our last podcast. Uh, so Tighthead was kind enough to reach out. Um, that was, I, uh, you was got a number on November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. November 19th so,
2: was the have you
3: guys partied in this lot there's a nice once you finally get here it is a nice space and you got a ton of square footage you guys party out there at all?
2: yeah well um, we've hosted every year we do the Mundelein craft beer festival yeah. we had it out here in this parking lot for the first two years but then the, the village built a new village hall just on the other side of the metro lot and they have kind of a nicer green space that we can okay. use over there um, We also used to do, there used to be a a fence out in the parking lots. We had, we actually had a fenced in area where we could keep people contained. Um, (laughs) We would do our Oktoberfest party out there every September. Um, I think this year we kind of, actually we we did do it again this year, but it it was, it kind of just was out the door, like it included the tap room space. I mean, that was open up to the, the, the festival space, I guess. Yeah, I think I came to the first yeah, two. I came to the first the two uh, that you had on there in the parking lot. No.
0: And uh, I definitely remember it being way too hot and sunny. That was for sure. But you guys had the... You had an area where you could get under the shade a little bit. And all the brewers were under the shade as well. But last was last year the first year that it was at the... Uh, I think it was the second year, second year over
2: at the New Village Hall So Place. I missed the
0: last two years.
2: So it's just wow. a nice big grassy area for people to yeah. hang out rather than just standing on a blacktop. Yeah, park. definitely. It's <laughs> cool when you get like a
0: park area and everything. Not
2: more broken glasses on the blacktop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you guys been here? How long have you guys? When did Tighthead start?
2: Uh, we started brewing in September of 2011 and our tap room opened in December of that year. So we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Excellent. All right. yeah,
1: congratulations. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And Tighthead, I, I, I have certain categories myself. These are my personal categories of, of local breweries. There's, I always tend to say, and I don't know if I've probably said it in the podcast before, but breweries that, no matter what the beer is, even if it's a style I don't like, I think it's well done. And I would put Tighthead in that category. Tight, my three I put in that category that I've really, on top of my list, would be Tighthead, Revolution, and Wild Onion. And probably out of those, unfortunately, Wild Onion doesn't get as much press and distribution i don't think you guys are really working up the distribution side um in the last couple of years since you've been bottling and canning as well and like i think you told us earlier you've been distributing on draft since you pretty much since you started
2: yeah
0: um but that's something that's really big and penetrating that market like bob said at the beginning in the beginning is key and i think uh, you guys have done a very well a jo- good job at that
4: well and you know i know we talked about this briefly before and I know we've talked about Darkness Day a lot, but one of the things we brought four uh, growlers of tight beers out to Darkness Day, one being the barrel-aged old Kyle, the replica old Kyle. Pronunciation. Um, and the uh, Bear's Choice. And what was the fourth one? Was it just the. Uh, so then we brought an Irie, straight-up Irie, which is awesome.
0: And the one I'm drinking now, which is the uh, replica.
4: Yeah, and so I mean, we, we shared those with a lot of people, and there was just great reviews on on all of them. A lot of people had not had not heard of them, but it's
0: the barley wine went real fast.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish we I wish we brought
3: the, the, the barley's version. Weren't really fast today too. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we brought
0: we brought, just because we were bringing so many of them, it the was storage base. We brought the small drivers. Yeah. and uh, we went through them. I mean, they were they were good, and everything we shared with people, people were like, "Where's this place at?" You know, so, yeah, I mean, I foresee as long as you guys can keep growing and expanding, you know, years down the road, expanding outside of Illinois, I would assume that's everybody, every brewer's plan. If you start expanding or distributing, eventually you want to just keep increasing and keep increasing and get more people exposed to expose your beer. And uh, Tighthead has some great beers, so I, I, I don't see any problem with that, you know, just getting the word out.
2: Yeah, we, did, we just started distributing in Wisconsin recently, too, so we're... Uh, and, and just recently statewide in Illinois. Uh, hmm. We're mainly focused in the Chicagoland area, but we, we now have coverage throughout both of those full markets, so it's, you know, we have room to grow, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah, and speaking of growth. it's always been part of the, the plan for Bruce um, is to, yeah. you know, grow the distribution side. It's great having this tap room here um, to, you know, have an opportunity to interact with the customers, and, you know, we have 16 tap handles here, so that gives us chance to play around with all different styles. Um, and speaking of growing, you guys did
0: just expand. How long ago was this side open? The side we're sitting in now is, is was not tight head originally. No. When you guys first opened it.
2: Yeah, no, this this new addition was mainly to, to build a new packaging room when we were installing our canning line. Um, we started filling cans in February of last year, so um, uh, 12, 11 months ago now. This taproom space opened in April um, last year, so it's only been open for about nine months um, but yeah they did a nice job with this new tap room space and, um, and the new packaging room is working out great too.
1: yeah we're talking earlier how it's amazing this reclaimed wood that you guys uh put up in here
2: yeah Bruce, bruce's and- wife molly is kind of our uh, design yeah. uh, artist uh, as far as the, the interior design, um, design music. so yeah, she, she had the idea to do like a reclaimed wood wall and just got all these and she actually laid this whole wall out on her basement floor. Wow. So every piece like was... Was, was laid out um, to be in that mm-hmm. position. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's amazing. You need that but, rhythm. Yeah, you got to lay it but, out. Yeah, out. It's, it's got a good look. Yeah, it
1: really does have a good look.
2: I like having the couches here, too. Yeah, the little it's, little, uh, it's really, uh, and,
0: a lot of tap rooms you go in in there, because like you said, a lot of breweries are in like industrial areas, industrial parks. They still have that industrial feel to them. And I don't think this has that. I think it has, it's got the couches, it's got the walls, the wood, the wood floors. It's kind of got that homey, that... More intimate feeling, even though it is big open space. Um,
2: but yeah, it just no, gives you that feeling. They wanted to have more. Bruce. Bruce has always been into traditional en- English pub culture, and they wanted something that had kind of a you know comfortable community yeah. bar yeah. atmosphere kind of thing. Yeah, it feels well.
1: It's definitely comfortable.
3: That's a good segue. So, um, how did you meet Bruce? And then, like, what were you doing before Tidehead? Like, how did it all come together?
2: Uh, so I. I used to work at Perfect Brewing Supply in Libertyville. Um, I ran that store for five years, and I was a member of the Babel Home Brewers of Lake County. It's the, it was the big uh, local homebrew club at the time. Bruce was a founding member, um, starting back in like 1999, I think. Uh, I had started with them probably in 2006 or 2007. I started going to the club meetings and. Um, became a pretty active member in the club, uh, and then a lot of you know a lot of the club members were shopping at my store too. So I, yeah. you know, was I was very involved with, with home brewing. Um, so anyway, Bruce had a business plan to start a brewery. Um, he actually originally was planning to do a brew pub, but then decided he didn't want to deal with a restaurant and um, just wanted to go a production brewery. Um, and There's when food, man, food kind of gets in the way, right? Like yeah, it's a it's a whole other business to to deal with. And he wanted to you know just focus on beer specifically. So he used to do human resources for corporate America. He kind of got re. He turned the mic a
0: little bit towards Billy. Lovermore?
2: He got um, re repositioned out of a few jobs um, over a year and a half period, and his wife gave him the okay to. Um, to go ahead with the business plan yeah. and uh, he, his, him and his wife had always liked our beers or our, my beers uh, as a home brewer so and i had gone to the uh, american brewers guild yeah. uh, they have a, an online course that you can do um you do 22 weeks online and then go out to vermont for five weeks uh, so i i did the american brewers guild course they knew that i was serious about you know getting into brewing as a profession um, and so just Took it from there, so was, you know. I never brewed professionally. I'd done some internships at different breweries, but never actually held a job brewing professionally before head But I was, you know, familiar enough with the equipment. And honestly, a lot of what we do is, it's the same. You're trying to see the, achieve the same. Objective through every step of the process. It's just a matter of using the equipment that you have to work with to make that happen. As far as you know, the,
3: um, this homebrew club. Were there any other homebrewers
2: that made the leap to professional brewing the way you guys did? Yeah, um, Anthony Carollo, who's the head brewer at um, Lucky Monk. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucky he's he spent some and, uh, times. I think he was at yeah. Flatlanders for a while. Um, Art Steinhoff, who used to brew at Flatlanders. He was uh kind of an occasional club member um cool. so there's, there's been a, a couple other guys who have at least brewed locally at some of the other cool. of i the like the connection between like homebrewing and professional brewing i like to mm-hmm. I like, I like to see how how
3: those roads kind of map out you know yeah. that's cool yeah and that's one thing i mean you hear about a lot and um, with
0: like the bigger ones that you hear like you hear dog fishing all the time he was a home brewer. Lagunitas. Uh, Lagunitas, which, originally from Arlington Heights, right? That's where Yeah, right, he was originally. from the North Perks, yeah. Um, and then also, like, Surly, or Omar from Surly, which obviously, in some of them, like, they'll eventually start the brewery, and then they turn off their master brewer to, like, somebody else. You know, so they become more of the business side. Like, I think right. Sam, obviously, that. Sam does, at Dogfish, I doubt that. He doesn't brew anymore. Yeah. Um, even Omar at Surly, you know, you have Todd, who just recently went to Three Floyds now. So yeah, you, you see that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, going from homebrewing that gives hope to all you homebrewers out there that in this super crowded market, chances are it's much tougher now than it
4: is five, ten years ago. Tell tell, tell your wives or your husbands <laughs> that there there is a purpose to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sketchbook is also another brewery that started from a homebrew club in Evanston. So it was just a couple, a few guys hanging out, you know, sharing beers, and they're like, what? maybe we should start a brewery. And then it was like an alleyway production. They were just like in Main Street Alley, like an alley behind a street. Not me alley, but, you know, an alley. So, and they had a CSB, which was an, a, a growler a growler program modeled exactly from Beguile. Actually, they called up Kevin from Beguile, and they were like, is it cool if we just like rip your entire situation? They're like, yeah. So they have the same thing, and and they're they're, you know... Very small, very small tap room, but I've been a very lot more effective. Of their yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so. yeah, They have a lot of they have a lot of bombers.
0: And speaking of home brewers, I know Bob here's gone crazy with beer in the last month or so. But you were talking about some home brewer down in South Illinois that uh, is starting oh. up a brewery. Had a Kickstarter for a brewery, and uh, you little, said this stuff
4: is like super. What's little, it
1: called? Little Beaver's Brewing. Little Beaver.
4: Um, Chad. A, Chad, Chad Bevers, uh, out in, I, j- <laughs> I just joined the the, the Dam Builders Club. His last name's Beaver. He got to go Beaver. Okay. Um, but he he's been at uh some beer events, competitions. Uh, he's got this uh, mounds like coconut stout that is just
1: Mounds like um, the candy. Yeah. What?
4: Um, <laughs> So, I, I don't know, hopefully there won't be trademark issues once, like, it goes mass distribution. But he's doing a lot of probably Delicious. It sounds delicious. Yeah, Mars is probably not. Star, yeah. started it started as a home brewer and just, you know, the stuff he was making was popular. So, I uh, reached reached out to him slightly after the Kickstarter and I after I heard about it, and I was just like, any way I can still get in on this. And I, I was, I think, one of the last few people to fill the slots. But... Um, he, yeah, he does, even as a home brewer, he's done a couple, I think, barrel age things And Speaking of barrel age, I do want to hear a little more about the Old Boys series, and who are the Old
2: Boys? Are they, are they people that we can hang out with? Or? Uh, Bruce Bruce is an old boy. I don't know if he's going to come in today or not. Um, now, Bruce Bruce was a rugby player back in college, and then after, after college, he played with the Chicago Griffins for a while. Um,
0: and that's where so tighthead comes from, right?
2: Yeah, so the name tighthead was the, the position that he played uh, in rugby was tighthead prop. So, mm. and it is a home brewer. His he always called his, his home brewery tighthead brewing. He actually have, we have his old brewing system back here. Really? There's probably a twenty <laughs> year old him. sign on it that wow. says brewing Company. That's so cool. Um, so old boys apparently is a, a rugby thing where older guys that that used to play, um, that have kind of retired from the sport, they s- still get together once a year or something and have these old boys games. Um, and so Bruce wanted to kind of use that concept for our, our barrel aged beer uh, series, for kind of the beers that um, we've aged for a long time that have kind of been you know sitting inactive for a while, that we we pull them out. Um, and you okay. guys and you guys went silver reaction. at Fobab, didn't you,
0: for did you, you want them? Did you win
2: at Fobab? or no? We did not win a phobab. Oh, I did not win at phobab or no. Okay. We, just take it. we just I
0: just heard Bob rave about it so much I, at Fobab I, I Fobab rave before about I came for out and
2: tried it. we We won some pallets. We didn't win <laughs> <the> any <game. laughs>
4: yeah, for the chocolate malt balls, that was one of the beers that I really wanted to try. It was the second one I tasted at Fobab and only that's only because it wasn't the first one on my list that I wanted to see. Yeah. But there
2: was a pretty good line when we went to full
1: Really? I mean, it was long. It, it was, was long.
2: The chocolatey exposing mouth. I was, was kind of surprised to hear it. that. I think the fact that we were doing the bottle release the week after, whenever, yeah. um, kind of hyped it up a little bit. So people wanted to try it at Fobab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they went through all the beer pretty quick there.
0: Yeah, it was good. Like, I mean, Bob mentioned, we came out here um, for the release party. We mentioned it on one of our podcasts as well. And uh, I got a growler of it, took it home, for my party I was having,
4: and we went through that growler with no, no problem. Uh, <laughs> so, are Willie Nelson and Bob Marley really not old boys? <laughs> do, you, do you not know them? Yeah. I, you, you can't really see it, that's who I kind of assume. And Jerry was Garcia. Yeah. Clearly, yeah.
2: clearly. We actually, we, we changed we the can't bottle see the labels the, so that those faces book. are not identifiable. But uh, still, kind of get the same idea. Bruce, Bruce, and I are both big into music and, and live music, and uh, I think he just kind of tied the, our, our music fandom in with the whole old boys concept and brought in some of our, our favorite old boy musicians
3: as well. I think the um, yeah, I think the last time I saw Bruce was at uh, the tailgating for the Grateful Dead show when it was at Soldier <laughs> Field. It was the yeah. last shows ever it was like a two day run and he's like showing me like all his badges, he's like, yeah, I've seen the dead like all across the country. He's just, I'm a deadhead. I would travel and see the dead all the time. And that kind of inspired him to want to make a brewery. And that was weird to me because like, I met a brewery in San Francisco and that was the exact same, it was my identical story. Like the, the dead kind of inspired people to make breweries, <laughs> which was kind of cool.
2: <laughs> I, I used to be big into the band Fish, I, I still am, but back in my early twenties, when I was 21, I went on tour and uh, my wife and I, she was my girlfriend at, at the time back then. We've been together a long time. We would um, we would stop and buy whatever the local microbrews were, yeah. wherever whatever part of the country we were in, and we would always stock up with like with Bells and, and Three Floyds before we left town. But then wherever we were, we would you know, go find whatever was local, and on the parking lot we would be selling bottles of what you know the local microbrews. Nice. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. So that was kind of my my start in in the beer culture. It was you know just traveling around the country, following my favorite band and selling beer in the parking lots. I was to get, That's one of the few places to, you could
3: get a wide variety of beers. Mm-hmm. In the 90s was like at
2: these shows. They were they wow. were from Burlington, Vermont. So Magic Cat was always a big one out on the East Coast yeah. um, for the for them. But yeah, that was kind of fun for us. We got exposed. You know, got up to try a lot of new yeah. beers and introduced to because even you know as as much as breweries are blowing up these days even you know 25 years ago it was a similar similar thing there was still there was a lot of small local breweries so nobody heard of them that's kind of my my (laughs) favorite thing about traveling everywhere in the country these days still is just getting to, to Try new local beers. The oh, yeah. craft beer has really changed the American road trip forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the first
0: thing you it's, think. It's you one think of that. the things. When I go out of town, that's what I look for. Yeah. I look for a couple things. And, and one of them is on top of my list is always like, OK, what
3: are some breweries that I can go to while I'm here? I'm like excited to go visit family out of town yeah. now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you live in Columbus,
1: Ohio? Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about the breweries. Exactly. It's like, yeah. where do you live? Oh, you live so. in, oh my god, <laughs> Pittsburgh? OK. like.
4: My, my wife such so and many drink beer, but last night we were trying to decide where to go on vacation and every place she mentioned, I was mentioning what breweries were there. And she's <laughs> like the trip doesn't need to be about beer. <laughs> like,
1: that's sad
4: but it's just it's everywhere you go there's some incredible breweries to go yeah. visit and it's like it, when we when I think of going somewhere that's exactly what well that's what I every year what I try to do mm-hmm. i I'm big into cars, so
0: I go out to uh, just north of Detroit for the Woodward Dream Cruise every year. And on my way out there, I always pick different breweries to stop at. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's Greenbush, it's Founders, it's you know uh, Bells, it's you know whatever I decide to stop at. And unfortunately, right where the cruise is, there's really no breweries. They opened up one right along Woodward Avenue called the Woodward Brewing Company, I believe it was. But unfortunately, the one I tried to go in there was the day of the cruise, and which get- hundreds of thousands of people, and it was insanely packed. So I'm like, okay, not going here. But that's one thing. I always try to pick a different brewery on the way there and on the way back. Last year, I hit Dark Horse. You know, Even if it's uh, half an hour or an hour off my normal route, it's just kind of become a tradition over the last four or five years that I've been going there. You know, just to, just to hit a good brewery.
1: Have you been a transient? It's close to Greenbush. Maybe you should go no. there next time.
0: So I'm always looking for new ones. Yeah, so if you should you be any transient. Feel free to email us. Yeah. You can use the same email address and let me know, because I check it. Now, Bob, does the um, wife know about this bottle of beer that you just showed me about?
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like the most expensive <laughs> beer. Oh, <laughs> I think <laughs> you the need to tell expensive? us,
1: Bob, about how <laughs> much <laughs> this beer so costs. I'm talking
3: to Bob, <laughs> Bob's like, yeah, you know, I spent like X number X number $100 on this bottle of beer. What's the most you spent on a bottle of beer?
2: <laughs> Uh-oh. There was one New Year's Eve we were down in uh, in Atlanta. We went to the Brick Store Pub in Decatur, and we spent like maybe eighty dollars on a, some kind of champagne beer. See, that's where I fall. Yeah. I fall. I fall
3: like Brevin County Rare, maybe like 80, yeah. 70 bucks. So that's pretty much it for you know. me as well at the most. Now, <laughs> our 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 guy Bobby G here.
0: <laughs> is, what's the, what, what did you spend? On, what is this beer?
4: Christie mute 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 the
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't we won't mention what he spent. He spent
4: five, no. $5 no. sure. no, no dollars. Five dollars on beer. No, no. There's no reason what to say it. So, it? So, T- Top and Goliath just had their Assassin oh, KBS okay. release. And Assassin is on my uh, it's on my wish list. So, uh, you know, I, I I picked up a bottle of Assassin. Yet, yet, yet to be determined um, <laughs> when I'm going to open it.
0: But which Top and Goliath actually is just starting to distribute to Chicago. Yes.
2: Good segue. Let's talk about that. Yeah!
0: Yeah. (laughs) Where we were last week, so the craft beer store in Libertyville, I think they're having a tasting event next week or this week? Yeah. Depends on 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 when we post um, this. On the 25th. 25th of January, uh, December 2017. So, yeah, so they're having a tasting event. I'm sure a bunch of other places will as well. Mm -hmm. You'll start seeing it on tap.
4: Yes. or 24th. I'm going to double check just for accuracy in case anybody's watching. He's good for that. Otherwise, you can always check ChicagoBrewGeeks.com
0: and uh, look for our event page, our calendar, and hopefully we'll have it on there. If not, mm-hmm. um, somebody will put it up there. But yeah, and make sure you don't forget while you're watching the podcast or listening to us on Apple iTunes, um, like like uh, like us, subscribe to us, and share us as well. Let your friends know that you're a crazy beer fanatic and watch podcasts about beer. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Billy, the um, Scarlet Fire we were talking was the first beer that you guys made, right? and then yeah. um what's the beer that's like been what's the beer that everyone's gravitating towards? like what's the one that's selling the most 24th 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 not the 25th for top and the
4: line.
2: um for a while it was our chili water pale ale um in in cans we're doing chili water scarlet fire and irie ipa um that's what i started with too. which right now the, the chili and the irie are selling about the same um we do a new mosaic hop IPA called Bear's Choice, and mm. that's been draft only, but we are working on a can for that. Uh, but that's been our biggest selling beer, especially here in the tap room uh-huh. since we started doing it. Yeah, we did uh, so. bring,
0: that was one of them we brought to Minneapolis. Delicious.
2: Yeah, I finally uh, went ahead and got a huge mosaic contract so that we can brew plenty of it year-round. Um, How far out do you have to do something like that? Um, it kind of depends, you know. Two years ago, Mosaic wasn't even on our price list yet. It yeah. was still pretty new, um, and I could only get it in pretty small quantities. But I try to contract out like four or five years in I'm advance sure. for for just for stuff that I know is going to be possibly hard to to get. It's hard to plan for growth when you're new to. You know, we we don't know how much IPA we're going to be brewing. For, you know, especially you know. Five years ago, as a, mm-hmm. as a new startup, it was hard to plan yeah. for our future growth. So I always try to make sure I had ho- enough hops contracted that, because I knew, you know, having run a homebrew supply store for years, I, I lived through the hop crisis of 2006, 2007, um, and everybody kind of learned some lessons back then. So I know that hops are worth money if I don't use them. So yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid. to you can just go plan, <laughs> for for good. Yeah, you know, growth, and if we don't mm-hmm. hit it, so is there uh, any props to deal
0: with? Uh, Barrel non-barrel aged things that you have coming up that you'd like to tell our viewers or our listeners about that you um, can't tell us about?
2: <laughs> yeah, so kind of going back to the the old boys thing. Uh, that Choco multi Balls was our first release in the old boys series. Uh, we do our Old kaya Dog, our barley wine. Uh, Asian barrel, barrels every year, so that'll be the next release. Um, but you still have some 2015 of on
0: tap here at the rooms so Yeah, so we're come out and get that out. before it's we're gone. Serving
2: 2015 mm-hmm. barrel age right now, and then we've that's got excellent. a good amount of 2016 mm-hmm. that's ready to go. So uh, that'll be coming out within the next couple months. Nice.
1: Cool. How about uh, any seasonals?
2: Uh, yeah, we do. We have a line of, of seasonal loggers. So the next one up is our Mybach. That'll probably be our next season beer oh, to come out. Be awesome. And then we also have been trying to do some one-off IPAs. Um, we just had a double IPA that ran out a couple weeks ago. So we've got some ideas for some new styles of IPAs to, cool. to play yeah, around with. If
0: you're an IPA fan, which I am, as I am as well as a lot of people I know, great IPAs here at Tighthead. Irie, which I know is one of your homebrew recipes that you brought to the brewery when you came here, um, is incredible. It's, it's a great... Just straight up IPA. Uh, the double IPA, I think you're mentioning, I forget the name of it, but I had it.
2: I and I. Yeah, that was really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, a little more on the bitter side than the floral side, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I
2: had it. Do
1: you guys uh, have an Imperial IPA at all? Imperial and doubles, basically. Oh, same. same. Yeah. There you
2: go. Yeah. With with the naming with the I and I, I thought double IPA. Yeah, with yeah. the work just with the name. <laughs> yeah, that would be imperial, imperial irie. It work. was 10.2%. Yeah. I don't know. I always yeah. kind of think of them as being interchangeable. Yeah. True. But Bruce, Bruce I, thinks I, imperial is bigger than the double. Uh, I consider uh, them interchangeable myself. 10.2. Yeah, it oh. is. It, yeah, yeah can't I mean, the baby. Call it Double at eight. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. our, our irie. Um, is basically a double IPA. It's 7.8% in 100 IBUs. So, um, I've always treated it like a double IPA, yeah. but <laughs> kind of again with the naming, I just like the sound of Irie IPA and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. an IRE double IPA. Yeah. Um, so we call it an IPA even though it basically is a double IPA.
0: Yeah, and then uh, some of the other standards too, like I know there's Stout and Porter fans, the boxcar porter, which is always on tap too, that's a standard. Yeah, we do that year-round too. That one, it's a great porter, so... Um, if you haven't made it out to Mundelein at all, you need to come out and check out Tight Ed. Uh They are a great brewery. Every single beer on their menu is is great for the style. Mm-hmm. So look at the styles. They have their full list up on their website too. So you can always look on their website see what they have on tap. Um, is that kept Pretty fresh up to date
2: on the website. Yeah, we got Mark working pretty hard on the website okay. these days.
3: <laughs> yeah, sure Mark's I ask you back there updating
0: them. Update those beers. Yeah, because every time I check, I know what's up to date. So.
3: And then you can yeah. make a day out of it. You know, Lake Bluff Brewing is up here. Uh, Light the lamp is up in uh, Gray's Lake. And, yeah. You, know, you can come up here on a Saturday or Sunday and just oh, hang well, out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And no, then I, the Ravinia I, I, Brewing is going to be open pretty soon.
4: And then my beer is off the website. Half day brewing. There's mm-hmm.
1: also yeah, a beer yeah.
3: Child. exactly. Only
4: child,
1: only oh, child. oh yeah, Only no. Child gotta go. Lake only Lake, child. Lake
3: County actually has like a like a handful of breweries you can go yeah. check out. on, a, on mm-hmm. a, You know, and it's a good excuse to get out of the city. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. And uh, and also with Mundelein, um
3: with we'll Tighthead, they don't have food.
0: But they have menus and you can order from local food places they'll deliver right to them should right we have this
1: for. pizza delivery guy just like delivered yeah. to us right now so that yeah. they can see yeah. yeah look at this we sure, just, we, we, just we ordered this pizza here it is <laughs> right yeah. Emils.
0: Emils pizza. so i grew up in the Emol's and bills are the two pizza places um Emils is where i used to always order from I think when I looked at my dad, actually he would go insane because I'd always like the Emo's pizza guy was always coming. He knew exactly. He knew knew where I. I didn't have to tell him my address. <laughs> you know, it was it was
4: that crazy. But um, wow. yeah, they have, I like their pizza. So
0: that's yeah, what
1: delicious. It's me and Dan, here we you are. Know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: Ah. So that was cool. pretty much it. But I know we're getting close to the end here, but. It, Allie, did you have anything coming up uh,
1: Events-wise?
4: Events wise, oh okay. Kind of
1: mention? off topic, kind of off topic. But it's really oh, cool. Oh anything's
4: on topic. Oh,
1: I mean whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we got um, can do we want. Okay, so we're coming pretty close to to uh you know February, but we got the Chicago Ale Fest, January twenty-eighth, that's at Maybe Pier, the people who brought you Beer Hoptacular. Awesome. Lou Events as a Josh Segoe production. We got the Naperville. Naperville. I can't talk anymore. Apparently, Ale Fest, February twenty the Winter Ale Fest. Exactly. Because
0: they do have the one in the summer, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, these I are have winter. Not been to the winter ones. That's so another
1: Josh Siegel. It's a whole. It's a Navy Pier, but just in, in Naperville. Same, same deal. Then we have um, the Dark Side Beer Festival at Emporium Arcade, which is bringing you pinball, old school arcade games, and beer, which is delicious. So.
0: And they are. I think I saw. They're supposed to have surly darkness barrel aged on. Yeah,
1: they they are supposed to, but please check the website. Which did not come out at darkness day
4: this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Scheduled
4: for bottle release this February. I think Mm -hmm. they they Mm -hmm. said it was not ready yet. Mm Mm-hmm. There will be a a new barrel aged darkness. Exactly. Um, Yep.
1: And the last thing, also next weekend, 27th, 28th, we have winter brew, which is in Lincoln Square. It's like a a smaller. festivals kind of created around a homebrew competition we got square keg homebrew club from Lincoln Square is it
3: okay. at the uh, the bra house, where, where, where it's, a
1: Donk it? house. Donk it's a Donkhaus. house yes Donk it's the German cultural center yeah. it's I've never been there but I've heard so are you kidding me? Like on
3: level 2 there's a gun range. No. I'm not joking. I've been calling it. Okay,
1: gun okay. Gun house. I will. Is <laughs> yes. this DANK? Yeah, dunk. It's dunk. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But please correct me any German speakers. Um, I, German, yeah, I, ha- I don't know if
0: it's German, but Yeah, that's a Saturday thing. They
1: I don't know. Anyway, so those are some upcoming events um,
2: If you haven't heard of uh, February 18th, the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild is is holding a new winter beer fest. Yes. It's all kind of coming together last minute, but Uh, it's in Rosemont. I forget the venue, but that'll be up in Rosemont on the 18th. We'll February. try to get that on our calendar. Yeah. So yeah, we also that. have up here in Lake County at the Lake County Fairgrounds, there's a beer fest going on. Oh, is there? In, in the, the winter?
1: winter. Wow. wow, okay. okay. We need to that. get that on the calendar. Has that been
2: there before? Yeah, they used, they've always done it as kind of a, a Valentine's Day thing. Okay. okay. It, the, beer, the beer lovers meet up or something. I think I saw it
0: last. My sister said it last. This is for all the
2: beer lovers out <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The lovers of beer. Yeah,
2: that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: I know... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're near time, but I just want to give a shout out to a couple of events that happened since our last podcast. Um, Haymarket just had their beer day. I'd like to say congratulations on that. Happy
1: Beer's number Day!
4: Up,
2: number five. Yeah, right it was about, five. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong. They uh, they're open in Michigan too. Yeah. Their, oh, that's here. right. Up there last that's right. I think the
4: turnout was a little more than they anticipated, but Ooh. that good good for them. <laughs> Um, other other thing, Ram just had their Ram Schomberg just had their first annual Chaos Day, huge huge success. Tickets sold out for that in like less than three minutes. But uh, Sean Burns there his, uh, he had the Morning Fog release on December thirtieth and then Chaos on the thirteenth of January and um, some really solid stuff coming out of there.
3: Um, People are really excited. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah. 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 You hear you, you hear all the all time when you, you hear the name for man. the Chaos. Yeah. You hear, you hear you hear Ram Schaumburg and they're like, "Why would we go there?" But people are really excited about the stuff that they're brewing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and Ram, I mean, they have their standards that they're obligated to brew by the corporation, I believe. But then each location is allowed to do their own stuff, and I think that's where they really shine. If they they get a good brewer, and they really shine. I remember when me and Nick went to um, was it the the Beer Bloggers Beer. Conference like five years ago in yeah. Um, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. One of them had like a barrel-aged barley wine. It was Ram. It was the Ram in Indianapolis. Or something it, there, it's there. sneaky good. And it, it was incredible. Yeah, it was like, I was like, Ram? I'm like, what are you talking about?
4: <laughs> but
0: yeah, they make some great beers. You know, as long as they got a good brewer.
4: Ram the Chamber blows every other Ram out of the water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all the Rams.
4: Yeah, so check all that out. Sorry, other Rams. Um, yeah, so I uh,
0: want to thank Billy again for letting us uh, be our host and uh, also letting us interview him and talk about Tight Head. And uh, definitely come out and check out all the Tight Head great beers that they have. Otherwise, you can definitely pick it up at your local beer shop, your Binnie's, wherever you get your beer at. Jewel even has Tight Head. Um, they have it in cans and then in their bottle releases, they release some of the more limited stuff in bottles as well, bombers. So, great beers you can get there as well. Um, check us out on uh, Facebook, Chicago Beer Geeks. On Twitter, Shy Beer Geeks. Instagram, Instagram. we got plenty of stuff on Instagram. As well as, uh, obviously, if you're watching this, you're watching this on YouTube. Or we do also post a podcast on Apple iTunes as well. And uh, don't forget on YouTube and everywhere else, like us, subscribe to us, and share us with everybody you know. So, uh, again, thank you very much for tuning in and watching our podcast. Thanks again, Billy.
4: Thanks, Billy.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.